Welcome back everyone to the FreightWave Sales and Marketing Summit. And let's be honest, January is one of the worst months as a sales rep in this industry, whether you're selling at a brokerage, a technology provider, factoring company, all of it can be a little crazy right now. So it's very important and that you're up to date with your sales methods and that you're attacking every customer as best as you can. And maybe you're used to selling in an industry where you're over, not over the phone, but in person. And you want to learn a little bit more about the remote environment and what it's like to uh, be a top sales rep over the phone as well. Well, today we have the perfect individual to help you train up for this wonderful, wonderful sales club. Her name is Lauren Bailey. She's the founder and president of Factor A, a sales coaching firm. And she's here with a number of tips, 10 specifically, for all of our industry sales reps. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to be here. I've loved, I've had probably five or six clients in your industry over my tenure in uh, sales training, rep and management training over the last 15 years. And it's, oh my gosh, some of the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, it's, it's sales plus uh, problem solving, which is just a, a straight up uh, equation for chaos. So uh, I think that you're going to give a lot of people some uh, warming advice in order to move forward, especially into 2023. Now, I know that we have the 10 tips that we're going to fall into today, but let's start with the first six that are very easy to uh, start when you're attacking a new customer on the phone. Uh, tell us a little about those six first steps uh, for all of our sales reps out there. Well, listen, I think we're going to be lucky if we keep it down to 10 tips. <laughs> my, my goal is to just pack this full because I think so many of us were really hoping that face-to-face would come back all the way, right? All the time. And we don't see many people who it, that's worked for. So when you're making the transition to virtual or whether you're just really embracing virtual or your customers finally went virtual, it's different. And in all honesty, Grace, I think it's harder. You said that you've grown up in sales. What do you think? Is it harder on the phone or face-to-face? Uh, I think definitely on the phone, face-to-face, especially personalities like ourselves, is, is a lot easier. But over the phone, building trust, I think, is really difficult. It can be so hard. And I think that the other part that's really tough, that replacing the face-to-face rapport, really difficult. The other part that's difficult, frankly, it's the tenacity of it. It's the numbers and the constantness of it, right? Because you, you could have two or three meetings. I mean, on a great day, you're, you're seeing two or three people, right? And your customers face-to-face and you get the time before the meeting and the presentation, you get the time after the meeting. and in phone sales and virtual sales, in order to make that happen during the day, you've made 200 calls the week before, right? It's hard to get a hold of people and you don't have that pressure, right? That, hi, I'm here, right? It's much easier to go to somebody on the phone, isn't it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> most definitely. I think that can be tough. So a lot of people are surprised to learn that you have to make six to nine calls in order to reach someone. And that isn't just a cold call. So literally, if you've been working with this company for 15 years and all of a sudden Bob's not calling you back, it's because it's over the phone and that's the game, folks, right? You can't take it. You can't take it personally. Your job is to call Bob two to three times per week for the next four weeks, send emails and leave voicemails. And that is literally the bare minimum requirement. And I think we lose a lot of sales talent 
because of those rules, if that makes sense. Those are the table stakes, right? Yeah, because it depends on how long it takes to make those calls, get in touch. And uh, if if a company is churning and burning through those sales reps before that's over, then uh, you kind of shot yourself in the foot. In a huge way, in a huge way. Um, a lot of companies will spend time and money on leads as well, right? And we saw a recent study that showed us, this was from Inside Sales, now Exant, that over 30% of leads purchased are never contacted at all, at all. So all that time and money you're spending in the marketing department, they're never even getting a call. Why? Because reps aren't dumb, man. We cherry pick. <laughs> Some come in and if it's low hanging fruit because there's activity or a passed by or a lot of a good marketing score, whatever the case may be, big company, those babies are getting called first. And the bottom of the list is not getting called before they're going back to their manager and asking for more leads. We're no dummies, right? We don't want to work hard for it if we don't have to. So we're going to go pick up the fruit that's landed in the grass or maybe the one we can reach from here, but ain't nobody getting a ladder and climbing the tree. So I think that's part of the discipline that we've got to instill just to get the ROI. But by the way, it's also great for your sales teams. When you help people understand that this is business as usual, right? And the rule is you will try 10 times for an A lead, eight times for a B lead, six times for a C lead. You will leave a voicemail every time. You will send a follow-up email and you will put notes in CRM or you won't get more leads, right? Or you won't get the ones round robin passed to you or you won't get the inbound cute or whatever it is, right? Whatever carrots or sticks you hold, um, it helps set the expectation for sellers as well, right? And, and people understanding that this is the job because I think that can be tough. Is it tough in your industry right now finding great young sellers? Because they used to be, they used to grow on trees too, right? And, and most of my clients are like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Well, especially good, qualified, those with experience, right? That's why I think having you here is so important because we're working with a lot of individuals who, um, one, uh, haven't entered this industry before and are new to it. And two, a lot of them that happen in this industry aren't used to selling a different type of sale, whether it's technology or a platform. So there's a lot of transitioning going on right now. A hundred percent. So I, I grew up in sales and inside sales as well, right? So we'll just say over 20 years and wait, I'll wait for the shock face. Anyway, so it, during that time, it, it used to be like, okay, everybody's, everybody's job description was two years of sales experience, college degree, played a competitive sport. That was it, right? And that's what everybody could find. And at this stage, a young BDR, SDR, who are usually the tip of the spear in your diversified sales model, um, 18 months is the average lifespan. It got a little bit longer during COVID and it's rapidly going back down. So if you find them at two years experience, frankly, they're on their way out. Or like you said, right? Somebody who's got 20 years in the industry, phenomenal, but it's going to be a whole new bag for them with, I've got to make 50 outbound calls and call my friends six times before they call me back. That can be tough. So I know that we want to get right to some tips. So that's the first one, right? Get used to the cadence and build the cadence and build the expectations into that cadence using some carrots and sticks around leads or whatever else you need, right? The second one is voicemails are cool again. I know you don't always listen to them and you don't always call them back. And that's why they work because nobody leaves a voicemail. But the way we look at it is if it takes six to 10 touches for somebody to go from cold to buying, right? That's a marketing statistic. And let's be honest, the, the, it's probably more like 12 these days, right? With information overload. Each voicemail is a brand. 
each voicemail is a touch, but only if it doesn't suck. The, the best voicemails are super short. They have some mystery, some urgency, some value, or a lever, right? Nobody ever bought anything over a voicemail or over an email. So remember, your voicemail is sort of like the resume. It's there to get you the interview, right? Or the voicemail is there, or the email, or the social touch is there to get you the phone call. And that can be tough for those young people that we're hiring today. You know, they don't actually answer their phones, right? I have to text my own children in the other room. So they are not comfortable picking up the phone and talking to people. So the day of bringing back talk time metrics is soon to be upon us, right? Some of those baseline activity metrics that were big in the inside sales industry 15 years ago and have gone more towards the wayside for higher level KPIs and leading indicators of sales like quotes and conversations, et cetera. You may need to backtrack a little with some basic talk time metrics, like pick up the damn phone and talk to some people. And that can be tough. So stopping your team from trying to sell over voicemail, email, and social is another huge tip. Those are there for branding. Those are right. They're there to connect. They're there to build rapport, some recognition. They're like billboards. They're not there to sell. I love those, uh, especially the voicemail aspect, leaving some type of action right on that so that that call does come back. And it's building a relationship, right? Having them get used to hearing from you and, and building up that rapport. So uh, I think that's some really incredible insight, uh, especially in that area. I had a guy calling me. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and we've got the Phoenix Suns here. And he must have called me 15 times. God bless him. This was the most tenacious rep ever. I own a company in Arizona. He wanted to sell me box seats to the Suns. He even mailed me a piece of like the, the parquet floor when they redid it. And, and literally, it was the hardest anybody had ever worked. So there was snail mail. There was email. He wasn't on social. There's a million calls. I got letters. This guy worked hard, right? Jimmy was his name. And one day I finally accidentally answered his call. And I mean, honestly, if I were Jimmy, I would have been like, seriously, woman, would it have killed you to call me back? It, it, which is the game, right? You can't do that. And Jimmy was fantastic. He was super cool about it. He's like, LB, we finally connect. Like I had ever tried to call him back, right? Like when he gives me the credit for this. And, and he was very cool about it and super tenacious and like, come on, let's do this. We, I feel like I know you. You, you know me already. Let's get you some seats for basketball. What Jimmy didn't know is I freaking hate basketball. Like there's no sound worse than sneakers on the park. You know what I mean? Like there was, he was never going to buy anything from me ever, but, or pardon me, I was never going to buy anything from him. But the truth is guilt is real and it, and it works, right? I mean, it's, it's been around for centuries. It works. So when you're making that sixth and seventh and eighth call and email, just keep it light, keep it sweet. And know that when you do finally get a hold of each other, they kind of feel like they owe you one. And that's okay. It's in your favor. Yes, most definitely. Well, let's talk about when you do get them on the phone, because you have a really great methodology called, uh, well, SWIFT, but with two eyes. And I love this. I love this. I think it's absolutely perfect, especially in this industry, because in this industry, a lot of phone calls start off with, especially at brokerages, right? Hey, I'm looking to see if you have any loads, but SWIFT turns that around. Can you talk to us a little bit about that method? 
Yeah, absolutely. When you're doing virtual sales, you don't get the opportunity to show up and give your dog and pony show. So your 45 minute PowerPoint presentation is now more, less important than your swift intro and your swift pitch. So swift stands for, so what's in it for them? It's the opposite of with them, right? Nine out of 10 calls, like you said, are going to be about what do you have to give me that is going to help me make my quota? right? I'm calling to introduce myself because I'm in your area and I'm assigned and it's all about me, right? Swift makes it all about the customer and that's the key. So a Swift intro is about a nine second introduction that does a couple important things. Number one, it assumes they're not listening to you. Number two, it assumes they don't want to hear from a sales rep. Number three, it gets them to stop typing and start talking. And that's what you need. Okay. The intro is not there to build rapport, build credibility, build value. They're not listening to you. (laughs) The intro is to get them to stop multitasking and actually pay attention to you for a second, right? Which is why your value prop isn't your intro either. So when you call up and say, hey, I'm Grace Sharkey and I host the coolest podcast about freight in the whole world and it's called The Last Mile and I've been working with people in the industry and it's all about you, Grace, right? They are still just hearing, you know, Charlie Brown's mom in the background. So instead, the intro is designed to get them talking. It's not about you yet. Get them talking. You can get them to answer two, if you're really good, five short, closed questions before they realize they've turned away from their computer. They're hanging out, having a conversation with you, and they don't know who the hell you are. And that's when you get the question. I'm sorry, who are you again? But guess what? Now they're listening, right? Hey, this is LB and I work with Factor A and we teach companies like yours to blah, 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 blah. And off you go into your swift pitch or your value prop. If you're as old as I am, you grew up calling that an elevator pitch. Unfortunately, you're not only not in an elevator anymore, but like the, the going from ground to two is too long. We don't have time for the elevator. Everything has to be faster and just sharp when we're doing virtual sales. So those are the two things we'd love to teach. The swift intro, a 10 second introduction that gets them talking and is focused on them and why they should pay attention to you, right? And the swift pitch, the reworking of your value prop that again, doesn't just say, here's everything we do. It's here's what we do for you. So the tip to that is usually starting with, we help people, we help companies, we help employers, or we're best known for. So again, it's what I'm doing for you. Does that make sense? Definitely. Oh yeah. I mean, it makes sense, especially for, sort of for this industry, right? Like so many people, are there's so many competitors in the space because the industry is so large. So you want to make sure that the person that you're talking to is going to hang up the phone with maybe an idea of how they're going to solve a problem in their day or solve a company problem or even a customer of theirs, one of their issues. So I think that's great. You're exactly right, Chris. And it has to be fast, right? Again, hence the word swift. But because there's so much competition on your first couple calls, frankly, you know, you're doing really well if they just remember who the hell you are. There's so many competitors out there. And here's the great news. Most of their sales reps suck. I, I, <laughs> I have it on good authority. I listen to a few thousand calls a year and they're just painful. We all know this because we get the calls, right? 
and the emails and the LinkedIn spam and just the awfulness that is selling right now. And it breaks my heart. I actually wear a t-shirt. I'm wearing it. I'm in sales. It, like, let's bring the pride back, right? Let's be proud of being just. But anyway, the, the idea here is if you can have an intro that isn't just an obvious sales pitch, if you can then go into building some authentic rapport and state what your company is about in a way that's actually valuable to them, all of those three things are a pattern interrupt with the constant pitch slapping that's happening out there. So you don't go in just with the pitch. You go in as a human, right? You go in with some personality. You go in with some focus and some value for the customer. And even though they probably won't have time to talk right then, that's where the next tip comes in. You close for a commitment and you bridge to the next call. These are critical in virtual sales. The average first call is great if it's three and a half minutes. Now, if you've grown up in the industry, you're like, what the hell can I get done in three and a half minutes? Very little, but you can differentiate yourself and set up the next call. So that's the rule. Never get off call one without bridging to call two, call three, call four. Because if you do, maybe you're back in your own end zone, starting over again with your 10 dials, just trying to get a return call, right? So when you get that attention, never put it down. Uh, as we were... As I say, as we wrap this up, we have a few minutes here left. Uh, how do you go about, you talked about this before, uh, how do you go about checking in? You talked about bridging that next call, but what's the best way for reps? Because that's, we're in January, right? All December, checking after the new year, checking after the new year, check. Here it is, we're after the new year. What's the best way to go about that? Touching base. Yeah, never to do that, Right. Always have a reason for the call or a value add because nine out of 10, again, will touch base or check in. So let's come up with a list of things that you can do that can add value. Um, I'm calling to see how X, Y, and Z went, right? Maybe there was something specific that you did toward the end of last year. So check on something specific, not checking in it, it just in general, right? Um, you could be calling to share something that's new and improved and what's new news and happening in your world. You could be calling to check in on a trend. What's really interesting about uh, uh, this market is that you talk to hundreds of people in the industry, right? They mostly just talk to the people in their company. So what you can pollinate and cross pollinate in sharing can be very interesting and very valuable, especially the higher level decision makers. So it can be as simple as, hey, I was talking to Grace over at last mile, and I've got a great story I need to share with you. How do you call back? I'm not trying to sell you anything, right? Grace was sharing with me that X, Y, and Z is a trend in the industry. And I've checked in with a few other of my clients, and a few have said this, and a few have said that, and I wondered how you thought. We're just sharing information. Yeah, exactly. So so it, it, don't always call to sell something, but find a way to add some value. Do you know what something I've done a lot is sharing jobs? Even if right, you've got a GM somewhere and you know somebody else who's looking because you talk to lots of different companies, right? They may represent their firm, but everybody's always secretly got an eye out, right? Nobody minds being well thought of and, and getting put up for a job that might be a better fit or higher pay or whatever the case may be. And you can hedge it a little bit in how you ask, but that's another reason to reach out for people or even just thought about you today and specifically about the blank we talked about last time. What's happened with that since then? 
So that's five examples off the top of my head. The key is you do have my permission to whack people on the head who touch base. This is important. Your HR department will want my phone number. That's fine. I'm sure Grace will send it at the end of this. But don't let anybody on your team touch base. Exactly. Yeah, it will, we'll put it right here. Yeah, yeah, right here. There's your number. Everyone can start calling that today. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for being a part of our summit today. I think people are going to leave this with a number of different styles and new ways for them to hit the phones hot in 2023. I just hope you and your team over at Factory have a great uh, new year. It's been a lot of fun so far. Here we go. Thank you. It was a pleasure.